Hey, it's Bill Simmons. We're not just reacting to the NBA playoffs on my podcast. We're also doing it on the Ringer NBA show and the Mismatch podcast. They are coming after some of these NBA playoff games. Check it out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights on the Ringer Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Maybelline New York. Get ready to bring the heat with Maybelline's newest lip plumping gloss, Lifter Plump. Fair warning, though, it's hot. Like, literally. It's formulated with chili peppers to bring a heated sensation and an instant plumping effect that lasts. Available in eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Hot Honey, and more. Buy Lifter Plump now on Amazon and use the code 10PLUMP to get 10% off for a limited time. Tap the banner to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. I am irritated at Jesse today. I don't even know if he knows this. I feel like you always want to be a topper. I have, you know what? Don't worry about talking for the segment. Let me just tell you why. (laughs) (laughs) What? What's happening? What did I do? I have a carbon monoxide scare. Turns out to be a faulty detector. You have to then go ahead and have the whole house cleared out for an actual carbon monoxide scare. It just anytime Listen, I do something, you have to do it bigger and better. If it's not the weight that's going to get me, it's the carbon monoxide. If it's not the carbon monoxide that's going to get me, it's my electricity going out on the hottest day of the year. And it's the I don't heat. think we're going to get that far down the line. <laughs> that's not, it's not <laughs> just stop. Just stop. You're good. Okay. It's one of them that's going to get Look at you. This. We've put the whole guys. Off, I'm a survivor. We've put the whole off air awkwardness right behind us. See, nothing like was, a good carbon monoxide I was never joke. I felt so good about it. I'd like to know the last Ringer podcast that had the stones to start with a carbon <laughs> monoxide bit. It's the silent killer, guys. Here's a fun fact for you. And this is actually really good information because the firefighter didn't even know this. It wasn't until the gas guy came out and he said something. You should not charge golf cart batteries or even like those Tonka, like big wheel things that little kids drive that have those batteries. You're not supposed to charge those inside the house because apparently they put off fumes. That it's I don't know if it is carbon monoxide or something like carbon monoxide, but it whatever it is, it blocks out the oxygen levels. Uh, you're don't do it. it. You're don't doing do it. it. You're a survivor. You, that's what happens. Oh, well, there you Better go. Better than any tornado survivor, I'll tell you that much. Sure. Guys, welcome to Monday's show. Tell us what we're talking about. Let's hit them with a the rundown. Please. I, I like to say it, even though I know you've already said you've introed the rundown. I just want to say that. Yeah, bottom line. Good. And now I've said that. Denton did us a huge favor, put together a lot of data for a little Hall of Famer versus modern NFL breakdown. And specifically what they're going for pricing when they came out versus now type of a a, a whole gamut of pricing to compare this is gonna what be we're seeing in the market. part of a two-part series. We're going to go big on it today because I'm sick of talking about NBA. And sure. then we're going to go with a follow-up as as this these stats relate to the NFL market. But we'll do that on Thursday's show. We're going to follow that up with a little bit more Series 2 uh, tops talk 
uh, short print big names. We got some pricing for you versus yep. last week versus now. Sure. Uh, we're going to jump into release week. Some straight facts, homie, about the falling markets and why everyone's sad. Uh, we're going to talk about our event this weekend. We went over to Nash Cards, checked out their grand opening of their new location. Your boy and Jesse then, with a box of Prism. Oh, oh First oh, hobby oh. box he's ever opened. Hey, save it for the show. Okay. That's fair. Hold off. Yep. Mailbag, and then that brings us all the way back to our big picture, NFL Hall of Fame versus Modern. So we're going to talk about the angle of this. It's a multifaceted. You like that word? Just take a second. Take that in. I'm in a very relaxed mood today. I don't know why. I'm getting ready to go on vacation. You're going on vacation. We got the house situated with the pups. I'm excited about that. We have somebody staying here. By the way, can I come swimming after the podcast? I want to come swim. I'm I'm hot. Giddy up. Okay. Um, So first of all, just kind of an overall check on the vintage card market and football. Again, we're going to do this for every sport, but specifically today will be football. A little bit of a follow-up Thursday. Here's your pricing. Here's your pop counts, the big names, whatever. But then Denton went ahead and take it, took it a step further. I actually was very impressed by this report. So like in oh, 2016, yeah. the Carson Wentz, Dak, Goff draft. It was like, okay, so what were these Hall of Famers selling for in 2016? And what were those new guys who just came out selling for then? Did it the same thing the next year in 2017. Mahomes, Watson. Uh, I'm forgetting somebody in 2017. That's okay. What uh, Mahomes, do- Watson, and Trubisky. Yeah, the biscuit. That's right. What did those guys sell for when they came in? Okay, at that same exact time, one year later, then what were the 2016 guys selling for? Okay, what were the vets, the Hall of Famers? It's actually, I was very, very impressed. I don't love just statistics and numbers for the sake of numbers, but when it's targeted like this, I was actually, I thought it was pretty cool. So we're going to kind of just talk and give you the comparison on where the vintage football market has been in relation each year. And then on Thursday, I think we'll focus more so on the actual overall market implications of it. But let me just give you the quick Rundown. The Don't. rundown. Don't even is. try there it, is. bro. Um, Not okay. So here's what we're talking about. Uh, John, and he, he picked a relatively decent pop on all of these, which I, I appreciated. So 1957 tops. And one other thing, hey, yep. just to point out, he also chose cards that they're actually reasonable to get. So even though there are some like PSA 10s we he could have done, this is something we want to make it available to you guys. So it's actually, hey, if I see this card at a card show, is That's it worth fair. getting? Yeah, I mean, they're all at least a few hundred, but very few are over the you know multi-thousands. You're right. So first, 1957 Unitas, PSA 6. That's right up there on the shelf. I love this card, by the way. Uh, PSA 6, Unitas Rookie, 57 tops. Pop is 883. Right now, current sales about 1,200. 1962 Fran Tarkenton, PSA 6. Less than half the pop, 336, selling for about 660. I'm not surprised by that. Tarkenton is somebody who has been largely forgotten. I didn't even know who that was. Yeah, he was actually the record holder in every passing category before Marino broke him. Uh, oh, wow. 19, now, this is the big one. This is the most iconic football card, in my opinion. 1965, it's the tall boy, Joe Willie Namath. Broadway Joe, you might call him. PSA mm-hmm. 5, pops right at $300, $4,300. The next card I love as well. I've I have two PSA sixes. 1971 Bradshaw. So a PSA six does about 475. PSA seven, there are about 770 of them, doing about 900 dollars. Uh, Staubach the next year, again undervalued in my opinion. PSA seven, uh, 625 of them. They sell for about 750. Couple left. We've got Montana from 1981. His PSA nine is doing about 1700 dollars. 
just under 2,000 of those. That, that pops a little higher than I thought, actually. These next two are actually a little bit interesting to me. I didn't realize there were so many more PSA 9 Marinos than Montana, uh, than Elway. Both from 1984 tops. Both are PSA 9s. Elway sells for about six. Marino's about three. Marino's pop is 3,800. Elway's is 2,600. And then your last two, Peyton Manning, he went with a PSA 9, two, uh, excuse me, 1998 SP Authentic. PSA 9 has 272, selling for about 2,500. And with Brady, he went with the Bowman Chrome. PSA 9 does about 3,600, just under 2,000 of those. These are all your pre-PRISM cards that we're going to compare to. Yes, those are all pre-PRISM. We're now going to compare them to the PRISM. I mean, again, just to go through that list, by the way, I love the Unitas play, but that's a long-term play for me. Nothing is, I mean, obviously he's been dead for, I don't know, two decades. Nothing's going to happen where Johnny Unitas cards suddenly spike and go out of control. I don't think. Although we're well, going to get did. Into, Although we're going to get into that in Thursday's episode a little bit as well. For, I know you say that, but I'm afraid we're going to dive into some of that today because I feel like it's going to be hard not to talk that's about fine. it. Fran Tarkenton, again, all-time great. He's one of the guys who has, who, of everybody here, he is the most forgotten off this list. By far. He is, but what's funny is he's not the cheapest on this list. And I feel like the one that is the cheapest is so cheap it's ridiculous. But continue. Okay. The Namath, I don't I've never cared about the Namath card enough to pay for it. It's an ex- and it's always been expensive. Plus, he's still living, so the death bump. I'm never touching that card. Um, I love the Bradshaw. The Bradshaw and the Staubach are two of my I, I think two of the safest buys. Again, living Hall of Famers, especially Terry Bradshaw, super relevant. I mean I'm guessing you knew Bradshaw apart from football, correct? Oh, of course. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. he had like a pretty... Failure to launch? I mean, come on. I mean, Matthew when McConaughey. When you're starting with Matthew McConaughey, hey. Forget about it. What's that from, though? The Which part? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I like Bradshaw. I think he's a very safe play. I own a couple PSA 6s. I like the Staubach. The Montana, I like. Again, it's pretty high pop, whatever. Okay. The fact that Marino's half the price of Elway, very cheap. I, Marino I th- is the problem on this this whole board of non-vintage or all vintage. Yeah, if you said to me today you have to buy one of these based on current values, I think Marino's probably the best buy. Marino and Bradshaw. How is Marino cheaper than Elway? I mean, well, first of all, I Elway's, get that Marino has the highest pop count, but still. Well, and Elway, I mean, I, to me, Elway's the third greatest quarterback of all time. Marino's kind of what? bottom of top 10, 8 to 10 ish, 7, 8, 9, 10. Third greatest? Multiple Super Bowls, MVPs, one of the greatest clutch athletes of all time. Went to a, a number of other Super Bowls before he actually won. Then he won back to back at the end with Terrell Davis. Statistically, very good. Marino statistically was as good as anybody based on just records and numbers when he actually played. I mm-hmm. mean, maybe the greatest regular season quarterback of all time, again, based on the era he played in. No Super Bowl rings. That hurts. Not his fault. I'm not saying it's his fault. He was great, but it's a stain on him. No Super Bowls. So, yeah. Okay, always, so that go, must be that must be the reason for his pricing. I think I it mean, is because I go Brady, Montana, Elway. Those are my three in that order. After that, because, it's open. You want to go Manning? I'm fine with that. When you compare all of these guys, like in looking at the numbers side by side, he is a third of the next lowest. Like, and we're talking about now prices. Like he was two hundred and eighty dollars for that PSA nine. You know, Elway, I get, you know, obviously he he was great. He has rings. He has a similar pop count. It's also a PSA 9, but he sells for almost double well, what Elway does. He doesn't have, he's, he has a much or, lower pop count. 2,600 compared to 3,800. Well, I just mean like in compare, it's 26 versus 38, but all the rest of these are like 
in the hundreds versus like these guys are actually in the thousands. But I get, yeah, it is, it is more, but I just, I would have thought that Elway or Marina would have been higher than 280 considering is how Elway is the next lowest at 600. So sorry to burst your bubble. I just, I guess maybe it's the, this, the Jim Carrey pet detective. I, I don't know what it is. I just, I assumed Marino had a bigger fan base than he does. And obviously I was wrong and that's upsetting. Okay. All right. So now I'm going to get into the years after that little tirade Jesse just went on. Jim Carrey and pet detective. Um, <laughs> he's a treasure. He's a national treasure. Sure. He's a whack job. I'll tell you that. Have you is he really? Talk lately? Oh, Carrey's out of his mind, I think. Oh, we're talking about Carrie. Not I thought you were Danny. talking about Dan Marino. Danny's fine. Don't you worry about that. Oh, Dan. he had his moment. I think he's come back around. I think he's leveled out. He was weird, though, for a minute, though. Okay, so here's the... We're going to start in 2016. Prices are from the following year due to PSA... Um, excuse me, due to product release and PSA turnaround times. So these guys were drafted in 2016, but reasonably their stuff started coming back and selling at some point in 2017. But 2016 class, so early 2017... Jared Goff, the number one pick, his PSA 10 prisms, which were all silvers that year, were going for about 30 bucks. Carson Wentz, about $40. Paxton Lynch, who's totally fallen off a cliff, 20 bucks. Dak Prescott, 50, which makes sense. Dak and Carson were the two guys, especially Dak. Dak and Zeke got hot together. They really took off. What's wild about this, though, the Unitas card, that PSA 6 that right now is doing 1,200, was only doing 550. The Namath has tripled in value from 200. Excuse me. The Tarkenton was 200 in 2017. It's now 600. The Brad, uh, the Namath, again, about three times the amount. It was 15. Now it's 4,300. This is why I think the next two are good. The Terry Bradshaw PSA 7 in 2017 was doing 350. It's only doubled. No more than that. The Bradshaw, uh, man, I got every single one of these names wrong so far. The <laughs> Staubach was doing 300. It's now doing 600. Um, when you say it's now doing 600, are you sure I, the Staubach right now is doing 750? Oh, 750. Okay. So he's more yeah, than yeah. double. He's two and a half X. Bradshaw yeah, the, just over two X. The Montana yeah. is three X. It was 675. Now it's doing 1900. Uh, the Marino about two X, $120 and 17. Now it's doing uh 280. The Elway 190 bucks. Now it's doing 600. So again, three X. Uh, what's the what was the Peyton was doing twenty five hundred right now? Back in twenty seventeen, it was doing a thousand. The Bra- are you just going off of memory? It's on the. I we're you, looking at this. I know because some of these numbers have been right, but other numbers have been wrong, and now I'm questioning if you're actually looking at the I'm sheet. Doing it all right, don't you? The Brady though, huge markup. What's the Brady selling for now? The PSA nine. To be clear, the Manning was a thousand when it uh, that came out. Now it's doing uh, twenty five hundred. Brady. That's was exactly doing, what I said, by the way. But I'm just clarifying because we okay. never. Went back. Brady was 500. It is now 4,000. 8X. Now, obviously, it's clear to see in 2016, or well, 2017, there was no hype with that class. 2017, kind of the same thing. So we're just going to focus on the big two, Mahomes and Watson. When Watson came out, his PSA 10 prisms, which again were all silvers, and this came, this was early 2018 when they started popping, 40 bucks. The Mahomes were $30. Insane. Especially mm-hmm. Deshaun, though, because Deshaun came out from Clemson with some hype. The vintage market at that point, relatively the same. 
Uh, there's a couple guys that moved up some, but nothing crazy. I mean, Bradshaw went from 300 to 400 over the course of 2017 to 2018. Everything else very similar. Everybody went up except Elway. Elway went down about 25%. Yeah, Elway went from 190 in 2017 to 150 in 2018. The 2016 guys, by the way, a year, a full year later, still selling about the same, aside from the fact that Lynch fell off the planet and Dak Prescott went down a little bit. I was surprised to see a year later. But so again, guys, what's important to know here is that remember, these are prices before hype game, before the, you know, the COVID boom. This is what guys were doing when they came out. This is what were reasonable prices for these rookies. $30 for Trubisky, Mahomes, for PSA and tens. $40 for Watson. Yeah, for the right. and those are tens, exactly. Yep. And so for some guys, we're just comparing especially here. in Watson, for a guy who came out with quite a bit of hype and played day one. Um yep. 2018, now we start to see a bit of a bump. Again, 2018, now we're going with base, not silver, because 2018 had base cards. Baker Mayfield, when he first came out in so early 2019, when his cards started coming back, again, Prism Base started coming back to actually be sold in 2019, early, early 2019. 75 bucks. Quite a step up. And he's far and away the highest Which, too, of that year. Again, makes sense. Number one overall draft pick came up with all the swagger. I don't know if people thought he was exactly going to be a, a great pro, but he was a winner in college, came out with the swagger, number one pick. Sam Darnold was 50 bucks. Josh Allen was 20. Josh Rosen, who turned out to be a total stiff, 20 bucks. Yeah, never even heard of him. Now, Lamar Jackson, though, very early on, it was this kid could play, came out about 40 bucks. Vintage market, by the way, again, relatively similar. You had a, a some had some gains, some had some small drops, but in general, pretty pretty similar. But again, they're all on the rise, though. They are going up, up by for a the small most part. percentage. The yeah. 2016 guys, Goff, Wentz, Prescott, again, numbers two years later now, still a, a, about the same. The 2017 guys we just talked about, though, here's the huge change. Now Watson went from 40 to 50. But Mahomes, who was doing what thirty bucks for a PSA ten silver, yep. A full year later, now we saw what he could do up to hundred and fifty dollars. He's probably the biggest increase in these first few years. Because that's five x, right? Yeah. From his pricing in twenty eighteen, when his first Prism silver started selling, Mahomes yep. one year later, and again this is pre COVID, because we're in early twenty nineteen. You could say Mahomes was maybe the catalyst to the market starting to change pricing at such a drastic level based on hype and performance because before him there wasn't as much with at least in this post prism era that we're talking about none of these other guys really had any kind of jump anywhere near that because you'll well, see as we go on to the next couple of years it's still like what he goes from you're about from, to see a bigger one this year so not entirely true this is the next guy's the guy I actually attribute to that more than mahomes Okay, we'll get to that in, uh, in 2018. Well, just go ahead and we'll yep. go from there. Okay, so now we'll, now let's talk the 2019 class, historically weak. Kyler, mm -hmm. Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, who of course just passed away this past year. So Kyler came out, but again, Kyler comes out, some anticipation, a very exciting college player, but in terms of the hobby, I don't think any of us were like, this guy's going to be a great pro, undersized, a lot of questions. First round, first pick though, his stuff pops in 2020, his prism base, for a hundred bucks. This was a thing. This was the first guy whose PSA 10 base prisms, and this is right before the country shut down for COVID. It was like, okay, he's good, but he's doing a hundred dollars as a rookie before ever playing a like 
what what's happening here? Mm-hmm. It was a little bit different. Daniel Jones was doing 60 bucks. Dwayne Haskins was doing $45. Um, we did start to see some big movement in vintage here. About 30% for almost all the guys, roughly. I mean, vintage, all those vintage guys started moving. This is also the first year we started to see Carson Wentz and Dak just about doubled. They started playing really, really well. People were high on their stuff. Those guys doubled. Wentz, as a matter of fact, was coming off the injury. Guys were hyped to get him the next year. And then here's your crazy stat. So Mahomes 5X. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you're talking about uh, pricing changing from, we're in 2019, right? I just want to clarify. So yeah, here's the next, your next big jump all of a sudden though. Mahomes 5X the year before. Now sales in early 2020, which makes sense. He was at that point, most people, the next guy goes from 150 to 1400. Ridiculous. Lamar Jackson though, goes from $40 one year later, 300. So again, unbelievable gains. Um, a lot of that had to do with the fact that the 2019 class was very underwhelming despite Kyler coming out hot, you know. And then again, you saw the 30, roughly 15 to 30% jump in uh, the vintage guys. 2020, though, is where we saw the real stuff take off. So the 2020 rookie class, which was Burrow and Herbert. So again, first sales were going to go end of 2020 into 2021. Burrow, base prism, six hundred dollars. Tua, four hundred. Herbert, six uh, nine hundred. Jordan Love, two fifty. Jalen Hurts, four hundred. It's like guys saw from the previous year, like hey, this prism base stuff is going absolutely parabolic, which it was. Now, so a year later, an unbelievably hyped class. At the time, no quarterback had ever been as hyped up in the hobby coming out of college, going into the pros as Joe Burrow. And then Justin Herbert immediately stepped on the field, was successful. It was ridiculous. We're coming off a weak class in 2019, so people were anticipating 2020. I mean, 2020 Prism, though, was the first football product where it was absolutely insane. I mean, just $900 for base cards. They're da- Now, granted, too, they're also down about 65% since then. We also saw the spike across the board, though, an all-time high for just about every one of these cards in vintage. Almost every single one. The Unitas card goes up to 1500 The Tarkenton was still slow. The Namath was high. The Bradshaw was higher. The Staubach was higher. Every other one of these cards was higher in this year than any other point in their history, except for Fran Tarkenton. So 2021, the start of the year, was just absolutely insane. And it wasn't just then, like, Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott, huge multipliers. All of a sudden, Prescott PSA 10s are 615. Carson Wentz, who at this point was coming off two bad years and an injury, was still doing $335. Patrick Mahomes, over 11 grand for his PSA 10 silvers. The craziest one here is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson did kind of get forgotten about here, which is kind of wild because he had such a great rookie season or second year and then the, the unanimous MVP. He's he's at 850. The fact that that was ever the difference, by the way, is insane to me. Mahomes is 11,000. Lamar is 850. And then Kyler's down to 400. It's pretty wild to see 2021 was really the kickoff year, which was about six months later. May through August, September was when the NBA in 2020, the NBA absolutely took off. It wasn't until six months later, football kind of followed suit. But even that, the, the spike we saw with all those Hall of Famers we talked about earlier, Unitas, Staubach, Bradshaw, all those guys, 
it is still nothing in in comparison to the NBA spike of the 90s. AI, Kobe, and the guys before that, Carl, Hakeem, Barkley, that spike was still way bigger than anything we've seen in football. I still wonder if we're going to see this in football. But it was... There is a message from this entire report that I don't know if it's been touched on. I think the main message is that vintage has continued to go up mm-hmm. and stay up whereas rookies or you know current rookies and uh whoever's been drafted since prisons have been out has not necessarily done the same thing they have hit their they hit their high in 2021 and they have since fallen as we kind of went over at the beginning of this thing yeah because at this point most of these guys are less than half if not a third of what they were at the peak of 2021. Yeah, Joe Burrow, I mean, again, early 2022, Burrow was still hot coming off the Super Bowl, but Herbert had been way down, Tua down 75%. Herbert was is down and still currently down 60 to 70%. Uh, Kyler Murray was up to 400 at one point. He's down to a buck 70. You know, even Josh Allen. Josh Allen was a guy whose prism tens were going for well over 1,000 for a while. He's a $600 card right now. Lamar down to 300 bucks. Even Mahomes, like Mahomes was at eleven five at one point. He's $7,500. So much, uh, he was that at the beginning of this year of 2022. So that is the overall takeaway. Vintage, although there haven't been the unbelievable spikes like other sports, it has been a pretty impressive uh, trajectory for vintage. As opposed to the modern, like football's gotten hammered just like everything else. It is interesting. I mean... He even puts like his takeaways at the end too. Like all timers are all are all up over time, which is true. The least of which being Marina, like you pointed out. I do think that's kind of funny. Um, well, it also points out of a more normalized market of what we're seeing pricing being for like, you know, it's still we're still not even in a what you would necessarily consider a normalized market. If in 2016, 17, 18, we were seeing rookies going for anywhere between like say 30 and $75, maybe a hundred if they were outstanding coming out. And then at this point, we're seeing rookies going for, uh, I think on the, this thing, what did we say? 2022 was, so Mac Jones is going for 65, 40, 35, 20, 50. Well, but that's These not, are more, not graded though either. Yeah, that's not, those are, those are not graded. These are still going to be high because of the PSA. When they PSA 10, they'll be, you know, in the, few like three four hundred range at least if we are on pace to be a little bit better than what covid then i would say these numbers may still need to come down somewhat i would say that's my biggest takeaway too. sell every single one of these guys and you get them back from psa from 2021 historically even the all-time greats here are way down i would sell these if i had mac jones trevor lawrence fields herbert fields lance any of them i would sell them immediately I do think, though, if they are, you know, worth their medal, so to speak, they will hold up. I mean, obviously, the greats are holding up and they continue to go up over time. They have not been as greatly affected. If anything, you could say for the most part, the the COVID boom helped most cards, but it helped the most vintage. And one day these cards, if they're the guy's good enough, they will be vintage and they will probably be five to 10 X what they are at this point. Cause I mean, that's what these last cards have done. Oh yeah. So that's what I mean. You disagree a hundred percent. I wouldn't hold any of these things long-term, even if they're going to be all time greats. The pop Even counts, if they're going to be all time greats. 
Look at the, I mean, Mahomes is an all-time great right now. His, his market's way down. All these guys are way down from where they're at, and their pop counts are never going to well, be. Well, they're way down from their highs. And they're never going to be anywhere near the pop count of these vintage cards. Yeah, I don't think there's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold any single one of these cards at today's value. If you want to buy into them later when they've dropped way off, it's fine. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't hold any of the guys we're talking about right now with the intent of holding for like 20 years till they become like a sort of called like a vintage card. But what do you, so what do you think like a Mahomes would do, say, 10 to 15 years from now? What do you think is reasonable? If it's doing 4,000 now, at the, P, at the beginning of this year, it was doing 7,500. As of right now, a PSA 10 for his rookie base is doing $4,000. In your mind, what do you think 15, 20 years from now that card does when it's vintage? I mean, I think it's above 4,000. But I would invest in any of the other guys we talked about who were vintage today as opposed to those guys. I, I think... I think the percentage of gain will be higher on five to seven of the guys we mentioned than Mahomes will be. Oh, I'm not saying the percentage of gain wouldn't be more. I'm just saying like for a Mahomes in this situation, because we say Mahomes because he has got a ring already. He's obviously a very good player and there's people who thinks he will be an all-time great. He could actually be vintage, but these other guys, what if he becomes Marino? I mean, what I would rather him be a Marino than all the other vintage guys that didn't make this list because they weren't good enough to make it, you know? And but that's, Marino that's, made the list and is still not even doing that well. That's what I mean. That's my fear with, I, yeah, I don't know. I This this was a, a little bit eye-opening to be like, you know what? I don't know that I'd invest in any of these guys crazy long-term. Not at this point yeah. in their career. Because I also well, think there's more room to fall than there is to go up right now. But, that's, but that is based on a market. Because over time any investable market, like it goes up just because you've got inflation and things like that. You know, the dollar will uh, inevitably be worth more in the future. So the value will go up on these things. I hope so. so. I, I would, I would just assume that no matter what, even if it's just a status quo, you know, normal, healthy market of growth, it's got to go up. But I, I don't know. I don't know how much more. Yeah, I, I, I wonder. I'd be, I don't know. And this is the first time too. We're going to be introduced to vintage cards in 20, 30 years that have pop counts that are crazy high. That's the other thing that scares me with these things long term. But, anyways, there's it's, your football. It's a talk. lot of information. It's a lot. It's almost overwhelming at some points. But it is also really insightful to see. I'm trying to figure out we'll how share we those. can share. This. Yeah, we can share some of those charts on social. That'd be nice. All right, let me hit baseball real quick. I had, I've been dogging tops 2022 top series two because they left off all the big names which i wasn't wrong about this i think guys thought they had like a gotcha moment there's no base rookies of the big names i'm glad there are sps of these guys sps are incredibly hard to hit i don't base what i'm going to pay for a box or a case on a long shot case like that i don't think it's reasonable to do not for a flagship product did someone gotcha mike no, but a lot of guys tag me like, hey, you these guys actually are in it. So Witt, Torkelson, J-Rod are all in the product as an SP, as is O'Neill Cruz, by the way. Now, O'Neill Cruz might have base rookies as well. Um, but but sales on those are actually really good. Torkelson's averaging about a hundred bucks. O'Neill Cruz is averaging about a buck twenty-five. Bobby Witt 250 and J-Rod 265 on just their raw 2022 series two SP photo variations. If that's your thing, that's great. I still don't like the fact that J-Rod is the best selling. And if I buy a jumbo box, I'm breaking even. I still, I just don't. Yeah. Did you get a chance to check pricing, yeah. by the way? Has it come down? Yeah, just a little bit. Um, so it was 125 and 250 last week. So it's 110 and 225 now. 
Okay. I mean, it starts to get interesting if it keeps coming down and somebody comes out of nowhere and pops. So one product, though, that is interesting is the one that's coming out tomorrow, uh, coming out Wednesday, 2021 Flawless Football. Say whatever you want. I, I, the Dutch auctions went high on face, on Panini the other day. I don't care. Flawless is awesome. Like, Flawless Football, Flawless Basketball are ridiculous products. Um, I don't even know what the stuff is a case. I'm going to guess it's like 10 grand. That's probably light, 13 grand. The hobby box is not showing a price, but I've got the two, the hobby two box. So we'll just divide it. 25. No, you're high. Oh, good. 20,000. Oh, so it is 10 grand a case. Yeah. Uh, 10, excuse me, 10 grand a box. Yes, yes, yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I feel stressed after all those numbers. I'm not going to lie. It was a lot. We, and we spent a lot of time. Yeah. No, it's, I don't care. We've been talking like NBA and like this guy made a I don't mind it. It's just I don't I want it to be a value. I'm not to the sure listener. how digestible it was. it was in that large of a segment. Yeah, the, I think what not we may have wanted to do. We should have broke it down more. Me and you. Maybe do a year at a time, or even two to. years at a time would have been fine. We went for the old yeah. five pack. It's okay. <laughs> hey guys, just go back and play it in real hey, you know slow what? motion. You can't go to McDonald's and get a two piece chicken nugget, <laughs> but you can get a five piece. Next. There you go. That's all you need football to know. is awesome. If you don't have the stomach for the high chase, high risk, high reward, stay away from it. That's all I can tell you. Like, there are going to be so many Facebook, all social media, the next two days will be flooded with, this is incredible. Look how stupid high the prices are. You know, they're pricing us out of the market. Flawless is not made to price people into a market. Flawless is the marquee football product of the year, as it is with basketball. I'm not saying it's right. It just, it is what it is. Nobody cares if you and your kid can go buy a box of Flawless. Did you get any of this? Yeah, Eddie got two cases. Two cases? He'll break them. Oh, man. He'll make a ton of money as he should. It's an easy one to rip to because it's only 10 cards per. It's ridiculous. You look at the checklist. The only thing I was very curious about, I didn't get a chance to look in the photo gallery, is if Tom Brady has autos. If he doesn't have autos in this, I boycott the product. I send it back. (laughs) I send it back. I send it back. What? So, two cases. That's four boxes altogether. No, no, no. that's two box all the. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, two cases. Yep. So if he has, is he going to buy it back in? I just want to, because at this point he's going to rip them on the app. I just want to be able to go on there and watch guys rip. And I don't know how many guys got this. Oh, how, are you rebuy? saying like how many breakers get the product? Yeah, yeah. Oh, almost all. Either you get it allocated or you buy some ahead of time. But yeah, almost everybody will have it. What is this allocate? What are when you bought before retail? What was the pricing going for? I I want to say I could be off on this. I thought it was like thirty five hundred. That's insane to me. I will confirm that though because I'm not sure. That's insane. How is that? How do we live in a like what the market? How is that a marketplace where hey this is going to be thirty five hundred dollars to like a select people and then we're going to go out and just sell it to everybody, but the price is going to be twenty. By grand. the way. I, that's a pro, that's a thing that comes up all the time too. Like, how did you, you only cost you five hundred? Why would you sell it for five thousand? Oh, I'm actually, not saying that. No, I know I you're that. not. But guys say that all the time. The same reason I sold ETH at thirty two hundred dollars when I could, because even though I bought it cheaper, the market determined it was worth a lot more. Uh, oh, by the way, it was it was three thousand and fifty dollars. Three thousand and fifty dollars. Ten thousand. I was a little high. Excuse me. So it's so, so ten thousand dollars now. Wow. So how? How could a breaker take a three thousand dollar case and sell it for eight? You know, blowouts at twenty. So sell it for nineteen thousand dollars because that's what I can sell it for. 
Wait it's, a second. The case was three thousand. The case not was three thousand. The boxes. Holy were 50. crap! But again, it's like I can't believe anybody would mark it up that much. Why? If I handed you a stock and said you owe me a share of a stock, you owe me ten dollars for this, and a month, a week later, it's worth a thousand dollars. You know what? I'm just going to double my money. I'll sell it for twenty. No, it's like that's not how capitalism works. I don't. Oh, this brings up a solid question I have for you. Please. Okay, so guys, so now that I've I've been watching so many more breaks because of the app now, Card Shop Live, go and download it. Um, but because of that, I've also noticed like when guys are breaking, there's there's some products where it's just like everybody wants in, it's selling really well. But I've noticed you have been uh, a voice in Geo or, or uh, Eddie as well, and a few others who are like, okay. Hey, that that sold really well. Go ahead and give some more free stuff. Like, go ahead and throw in a box, like signed jerseys or whatever the case may be. And my thinking from a purely economics point of view is, hey, if they're willing to buy it at that price, I mean, I get it. That's a nice thing. What you're saying it almost like you have to do it. Like you have to throw in something else to make it even. Um, why do you say that? This is I have this discussion with my wife often too. You guys are Gibsons. <laughs> inherently cheap. I am a Giuseppe, okay. inherently generous. <laughs> Just um, a generous no, person. So, um, me, Eddie, Ken, the flushing guys, almost all the guys do this. Like, if, if I would price a box at $2,000 to sell it for, well, mm. if, again, a lot of the stuff that happens on the app is live auctions, either random team or PYT. Well, if the auction that you wanted two grand for starts to get to like $2,500, $2,600, a lot of guys will put in extra stuff. Now, granted, and I tell these guys just to be totally transparent, if you sell a $2,000 box and at 2000 like your margin, your profit is built in, if that same box then sells for $2,600, do not throw $600 extra in. Throw like three to 400 extra in. That's a win for your okay. room. And that extra two to $300 you cleared, is gonna, you're going to get hit. When you're, when you're living and dying by auction prices, plenty mm-hmm. of stuff is going to sell cheaper than it should. Yeah. Just boring so- room, bad time of day. But cover some of it. If you're just consistently fleecing your room, as we see on other live selling apps, because sellers are donkeys, mm-hmm. then you're going to lose your audience. Not to mention, okay. generosity goes a long way. <laughs> like, okay, this that is- makes a lot of sense. I didn't know if it was like an unspoken rule or something like that, I, which it sounds like it basically is. And I, it I is to a degree, that. but I'll tell you right now, if somebody on Car Drop Live was consistently crushing comps like that, I would talk yeah. to them like conversation. Hey, if you're not giving stuff back, you're just making way too much money on those boxes. Yes, it's a free market. I don't care. This is a on the app. It's not a free market. It's my market. Quite frankly, well, I, sorry, that's how it is. I'm glad you're selling. I hope you do really, really well. And I don't monitor every single sale. But if consistently somebody was getting way too much stuff and not taking care of their people, I would have a conversation with them. Some people have an issue with that. By the way, I have no problem with that. Don't sell on my app. That's, I mean, very simple. I think the, and the reason I, I am very firm about that is that is how you build a community. That's how you get people. Because again, that's the same guy. Hey, somebody spent 600 bucks in this one break and got nothing. Totally got skunked. I just made so much extra money on this box though, without saying anything, because we've heard this from a number of buyers, which makes me more happy than any revenue projection or any other stupid number I look at. Hey, just a heads up. This seller just sent me a hundred dollar card for free because I skunked in a six hundred dollar break. Oh, that's cool. That is the biggest compliment a breaker can ever get. Uh, excuse me, somebody who like kind of oversees a marketplace could ever get. 
this dude sent me something for free because he knows I got killed. That is nice. Like, that is why I'm so strict about that type of stuff with comps and with trying to sell things. I don't care that they sell overboard, but are you doing extra stuff to make up for it? Not to mention, too, if it sells 10% above retail all the time, cool. Then when a $100 card goes missing, I don't want to hear a word about it. Pay the extra 100 bucks. You make it right. So. Yeah, no, I can appreciate that. Okay. I just, when you took your take of, like, why are they making so much extra on these boxes? I wasn't sure if that applied to the take of the breaking room in general. Yeah, but guys just, you know what it is? Guys love to do that, though, because they think, like, breaking, it's a business. I know it's a business that's built on the back of a hobby, but it's still a business. Like, that's what it is. So I'm sorry that, you know, the market has gone up. The reverse side of that, though, too, is now you have the potential to pull a $500,000 card out of a box because boxes are so expensive. Like, there's a direct connection. So... I don't Do you feel, think there'll be a $500,000 card in the Panini Flawless boxes? I don't know. So if there's like a Brady Shield or something insane like that, absolutely. The Mac Jones True Shield, the Trevor Lawrence, those True Shields, I'm very curious about. Okay. I don't want to talk about State Facts Homie, by the way. I just got a notification on my loss today. Ethereum's down 9%. I don't know. No, no. Ethereum's down 17% in the last 24 hours. Oh, today it's down 9%. This must start at oh, midnight okay. then. Uh, let me just. See. I I was curious when you had the straight facts on me on there for the market. I didn't know if you I don't want to talk about it now. To punish yourself. I, or... I told you, yeah, I hadn't been looking at it because I always just keep track of my top number. I am. Did you look at Penn State? I'm down just over 120 right now in the last 120 dollars. Yep, Whoa! In the last three months. Um, and here's oh, that's the not lesson. True. Nope, nope, nope. Not true. Since the start of the year, I'm only down. I'm actually down all time now for the first time ever. Today's the wow. first time in the history of that trip. Wow. Must feel good. Hey, guys, here's the lesson for Straight Facts Homie today. Oof. Diversification. Let's learn that word together. Don't put all your eggs in one basket, and that means crypto, cards, stock market, any investable area. Let your money... And, and it's okay to have money in cash, which is where I am right now. All liquid, baby liquid what do you have <laughs> tropicana in your fridge be quiet <laughs> oh brother okay oh, i didn't realize anyways, it, i didn't realize it was that bad we just entered a bear market uh as of the close of bear the market lame today and has he been shot in the face <laughs> a bear is I lame just you don't crossed, want... i just crossed the 120 threshold <laughs> stop lo- right, i'm deleting you said it. You, i'm going back yeah you it. said yep, you deleted the app all right um where's Mike, isn't mike supposed to jump in and get a hold of the situation <laughs> what's he doing the, okay. the market's going to come back. Talk about so something anybody else. Anybody freaking out, just calm yourself. Just we went to time. Nash Card Saturday for the grand opening. Oh, we did. We actually had a we heck of did, a time. And that was a I fun time. I got smoked on a box of tribute. Lost I don't about, think I did. Lost about 300 bucks. Eh, 200 I, bucks. 250. Jesse bought a box of Prism for 1300. Uh, well, after taxes, it was like 14 and some change. But yeah. Um, First pack. I, First pack. <laughs> By the way, if you want to buy these Prism singles, they're at my house. Just message me. I'll sell them to you. It's Jesse's stuff. First pack, oh. he pulls a Camo Joe Burrow, one of 25, that does about four to 500. He then pulls a Jalen Waddle Silver Auto that does 250-ish. Yeah, I think so. A few packs later, do you even know what you hit? I think it was it Josh Allen. Was that the big one? I can't tell if you're trying to just irritate me or if you don't know. I can't remember exactly. You're such a clown. I think it was. He pulled a red wave number to 149 of Justin Fields. It does about $900. Justin Field, that's who it was because he was the rookie. Yep. 
There was oh, and the other one that Waddle was one out of twenty five. No, that was the um, Burrow. But you cool. no, the Burrow was one out of twenty five. I just thought it was really cool. It was number one. Yep. Um, all in all, here's... if he can grade out a couple things, okay. I think you're going to be in the sixteen to two thousand range, sixteen hundred to two thousand bucks. To grade, if I grade it out, if, if the, I, what if I wanted to just sell? I got to look because it's like the burrow is a little off center. I don't think it'll gem. I wasn't sure. Okay. About the, I didn't look at the fields really well, but I, I would just sell. I'm going to try to sell them raw, or I think you should try to just sell them raw. We get pictures and sell them. Okay. But well, you I did would like well. those cards, but if you don't sell them before you leave, I would like them just in case I can sell them. I think that is a marvelous idea. Um, but I had a great time, and in fact. I will tell you, you people talk about getting bit by the bug. Oh, man. Ever since I pulled... <laughs> that should not have been my first box. No. It, it was He's a mistake. He's ripped retail before, just to be clear. You've ripped, like, retail cheap crap. Oh, I, yeah. never I've something never, like that. Like a $100 box or something like that, yeah. but never a $1,400 box. So, But ever since then, man, I that's, that's why I was commenting on, like, you know, I was watching Flushing Breaks when they were ripping the box of Prism last night, and they were giving away jerseys. By the way, they, when they gave away one of the jerseys, it was um, Hill for the Dolphins. Um, Tyreek? Tyreek Hill, yeah. That was pretty cool. But anyways, I can't. It is. It's enjoyable to watch, even if you're not in it. Yep. I get it now. Um, but that being said, I want more and uh, give them to So me. I lost about 500 bucks giving boxes away to the kids. Then I got smoked on my box of Tribute Baseball. It was a good night. Uh -huh. I got a free yeah. piece of pizza. And then I got stuck paying for your appetizer at dinner, which was terrible anyways. So, Hey, by the way, I want those card holders. Remember to bring those tomorrow to the office. Thank you. Okay. Choke on your <laughs> recent pickups. Uh, I think I was almost all Marvel. I bought another Marvel box today, 1990. Bought it for $650. i am going to grade them. Where? I, had a, I reached out to a guy who had it for sale. I'm going to try Jeez. to do the same thing. Just rip it and grade a ton of stuff. I want to... I would love to be able to get a ton of tens out of that just for my set. So I'm going to grade anything that looks like it for the resale value, but anything I need for my set, I'm going to take a little, um, I'm for sure saying the SGC. I bought a green goblin for a hundred bucks as an SGC 10. And then I got a pretty good deal on a silver surfer SGC 10. I paid 120 bucks. I was happy. The hollow that. or the regular one? No, no, no. I'm just buying base set. I'm not, I don't care about oh, okay. the hollows. Um, and I upgraded Wait, the Drew Breeze from my 2001 sign of the times. Oh, fancy. Very excited about that. I went from raw to a 9510, and then I sold the raw card. Oh, okay, cool. This episode is brought to you by Maybelline New York. Get ready to bring the heat with Maybelline's newest lip plumping gloss, Lifter Plump. Fair warning, though, it's hot. Like, literally. It's formulated with chili peppers to bring a heated sensation and an instant plumping effect that lasts. Available in eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Hot Honey, and more. Buy Lifter Plump now on Amazon and use the code 10PLUMP to get 10% off for a limited time. Tap the banner to learn more. Calling all podcast fans. Spotify makes it easier than ever to discover new shows to love. Get personalized episode recommendations and easily preview them before you dive right in. Find exclusive video episodes from your favorite hosts and guests. And with some, you can even connect with them through polls and Q&A directly within their episodes. It's everything you want in one app. So what are you waiting for? Try the podcast experience today on Spotify. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda. 
the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. Let's hit some mailbag and be done. I think we can all agree that's what's best for the show today. Okay. Um, let's go mailbag uh, Facebook. And we're starting off with Anthony Canvas asked, what are your thoughts on Prism Football Blasters selling for over $250 on StockX? Will StockX be a reliable source to purchase cards after Fanatics cuts out distributors, or will it just be a pump site? To be fair, uh, Luber does not own, or he's not a part of them anymore. He may have some kind of minority ownership, but I don't think that would just be a default dis- distribution yeah. site. So. I just, every once in a while, StockX gets a bunch of product, like whether it's just independent people, but I don't know if, I don't think it's sustainable on a on a regular basis, no. He did add another note about the fees. They, I do, I I bought a Topps Chrome Sapphire Edition, like a U, UFA, UEFA? UEFA. Uh, the, I bought a 2020 box from them, a Sapphire box. The, man, it was like 20% in fees or something like that. It's kind of crazy. Dang. So, Never yeah, just be before. wary. Um, Johnny Watt for players like Bobby Wood Jr. who doesn't have a card in this year's Gypsy Queen and other releases. What does that do to their cards in that product next year? I think they will be rookies next year. I would assume. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I don't think it's like a. I'm hoping that's what the majority of Topps cards have. Me, just a rookie. Um, that is a good point. So it it's just the rookie is not the their rookie year necessarily. It's the year they're in the product. Well, it's different. There's a RC is the actual designation on the card. Sure. But like next year, he he may have some cards that are are technically his rookies because they've never come out before, but don't have the RC. Gotcha, he'll, gotcha. he'll kind of be a hybrid of that, I think. Uh, Michael Cianfrone. When selling expensive cards that inherently have a smaller buyer base due to the high value, how do you personally balance maximizing profit versus making the sale? Recently lost the sale as we haggled over $100 and I'm having a lot of remorse. Yeah, I don't blame you. If it's tough to move anyways, yeah, be willing to move. Be willing to make deals because you know you got to get that card moved and there's not a ton of guys to buy it. So, yeah. Isla Fishman, I think we kind of already covered that. Yep. Um, Don Getters, do you see any end in sight for the PSA 10 or bust mentality where nines are selling for the same or less than raw pretty frequently still. Yeah, again, this is kind of a misconception by and large. Maybe we could have Max or Denton pull a little, some stats on that at some point in the next week or two. I don't think nines are selling less than raw in general. I've, yeah, things, I haven't seen that. But in gen- not a PSA 9, a BGS 9 for sure, an SGC 9 even. But in general, I don't see nines selling less than raw. However, I do agree that PSA 10 or bus mentality, I mean because I think there's still a premium on nines, I think that mentality is starting to die a little bit and people are being more reasonable. Do you think that mentality is higher with the with the more modern, higher pop count stuff? Because, like, obviously, oh, the mi- vintage stuff where there's anything where there's a lower pop count, it's like, well, I'll take what I can get. But when there's, you know, 10,000 When you and I card, are subbing cards to SGC right now, it's 10 or bust. If I was subbing yeah. those cards to PSA, it's 10 or bust. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, let's see... Um, he did have another question on here before they make the 30 for 30, who was the most underrated player in the office versus the warehouse basketball game? In your opinion, underrated player, obviously it was Kevin, right? He didn't I mean, play though. He so, wasn't, he wasn't a player. I know. That so that's, the, fair. that's tough. I'll tell you who I think it was in my mind. Daryl's buddy, 
Who was the other oh, big dude who was in the, the warehouse? Angry dude. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He set the tone. Shamu. Set the tone physically. <laughs> he. Oh, obviously. I don't. I didn't care for his attitude. He was a little mean for my taste. Fair. But that's fair. Obviously, I think Michael. He was under a lot of pressure. He would have performed better had he been given the chance. Hard to say. Rich Tippett. I love those it's questions. It's time for some more good old-fashioned nonsense. What are your top three things people do in the hobby that would qualify them as a donkey? Number one, ask on social media what a card is worth when they know very well what it's worth. And then when people tell them, they try to justify why theirs is worth more, though. Well, I know it just sold for $100, but it's worth more because I'm wearing a blue shirt. Anybody fishing around for pricing on a card? Super annoying. Um, yeah. Well, when they know what it, when they already know they or they have resources. Already, they almost yeah. always already know. Okay. Breakers who yell about cheap hits annoys the Jiminy's out of me. Like I just <laughs> bought a random spot for 260 bucks and I pulled a, you know, Rajon Rondo jersey card. I don't need you yelling about a $3 hit. I'd rather you just confirm what I already know. Bro, you got smoked. Like I'm happy to hear that. There's yep. a lot of other things. I'm trying to think what else. Oh, I don't like the PSA guys either, quite frankly. I mean, back to that question Don just asked. I can't stand the guys who it's PSA or nothing. I just think it's short-sighted and stupid, and it irritates me. I don't argue with people like that anymore, though. I've, I've decided trying to argue with old heads in the hobby about grading is totally a waste of time. And even people who I consider reasonable in every other aspect of life, when it comes to veterans in the hobby, they are not reasonable if they have already made up their mind about grading. You know what I was thinking about? I theorized about today when you said old heads. I think it's the old heads that are going to, and at this moment, have kept the card market going as well as it has throughout the economic turmoil we're seeing in the crypto and stock market. Because these guys aren't involved as much in those spaces, but this is something that they definitely view as valuable, and they are almost propping it up in a way where some of the guys who've been hit are maybe pulling back in this space. So there may that's be fair. some thanks to some of these old heads. Eh, it's not bad. As, as it were. That's just a that's a random sports boy take, and you're welcome for the it. The same guys, too. Like, breaking's ruined the hobby. Anybody who says anything has ruined the hobby. The hobby's not ruined. It's better off than it's ever been. I can't stand those donkeys either. Next. Uh, Dan Signorelli. Just Dan is fine, not but for it's Jesse, too late. <laughs> Too late, Dan. What would Byron Buxton need to do to see a spike in prices? And why is the answer stay healthy until the all-star break? That's not break? the answer, by the way, Dan. You are incorrect. Brian Rice responded to this question. He has to invent a time machine and go back and get drafted again. He's 28 <laughs> years old. This is Brian's answer. Phenomenal, by the way. 28. He's in his eighth season. Period. He's never had a great <laughs> season. He's in his eighth year. He's going to turn 29. That, that's it. Like He's going to have a decent little bump, but he's not going to have a spike. He's too old. Baseball guys love prospects and kids. Nobody cares about a 28, 29-year-old who's having a very good season. Just not going to happen. By the way, Brian Rice is the guy who we were, we were talking about last week who knew about. If you guys had questions or wanted to know more about how to autos. get your cards autoed, yeah, we tagged it. It's in the announcements on the Facebook group. I didn't. Um, the next question I'm going to read to you, because I'm curious if you know anything about this, Mike's yeah. good friend, Jeff Wilson. We are not friends or enemies. Enemies. We yep. are people who work in the same field. And recently something happened with our buddy Tim that actually made me respect Jeff. So I, I, I'm not going to bring up the details, but I was happy to hear. 
Oh, I want to know after the show, though. No. Jeff Wilson released an interesting video today about letting what you paid for cards affect your current pricing. He quotes the sunk cost fallacy. Which, oh, I love that. Okay, I was, that's why I thought you'd be familiar, which leads you to avoid the loss rather than seek new gains. Mm-hmm. In other words, if I paid 100 for a card and it's only worth 30 now, don't, don't sell it because I'm going to lose? Well, it, uh, it's more of the idea that you're somehow going to get that money back by sitting through it and dealing. Like, I got you. Because I've always heard it of, of if you go to see a bad movie and you know it's bad and you're like, well, I already paid $10 to see it. Why The, the thought is, well, I'm just going to sit through it because I paid gotcha. for it. Don't do that's a It's a waste Take of time. Take the money and it's go somewhere you can make cash instead. Exactly. Oh, okay. I yeah. actually do like that. Then. At what point do you cut your losses and dump stock or decide to hang on for a rebound in pricing? So, Max, this is a great question. There's no one-size-fits-all answer, though. Like, a good example of that. My Kevin Durant stuff. Realistically, do I think I could do something with it? Yeah, but it's so far down. I think reasonably there's a chance that that could double from today's position because of how far it's fallen. And he's an all-time great, so I'm going to hold it. If my Zion stuff, though, jumped a little bit, I would probably move off him tomorrow, even at a loss. So a lot of it is just kind of like, you know, and then, it, it, again, now sentimentality comes into it. That Kobe row zero, it's worth about five grand. I paid 25. Okay, we'll just move off the five. Yeah, but I like the card. I don't want to move off it. I know I lost money. I, I do that. A lot of this is what is what do you actually foresee happening in the future for the player on the card? I think that's the issue with the whole sunk cost mentality when it comes to cards is that there's a lot of other factors. Yeah. Like if it was just like, yeah, if it was a real cut and dry situation where you paid 100 and now it's worth 50 and, you know, there's no other factor of like, hey, this guy could perform really well or, right. hey, I really like the card or something like that. If those factors don't come into it, then, yeah, go ahead and cut your losses and get out of it. But... There are so many other factors. Because the flip side too is okay, you sell the card for fifty bucks. Here's the thing they never talk about with this theory: what do you do with the fifty bucks? What are you going to buy that you know is going to do better? Or if I said to you, you can buy this card for fifty dollars, the card you already owned, would you look at that? Now I know it's been a hundred in the past. Maybe you would just go and buy that card again for fifty. I don't. I I do. I think patience is is beneficial in a lot of markets. Quite frankly. But that's how I feel just in general, just on a quick side note. That's why I get so irritated though with people who are like, you should always be leveraged to the max, credit everywhere. You should never have just cash in the bank because you're not making any interest. That's true. I'm also not losing money. And if an opportunity comes comes around, I can buy something and make a play. You hear the same guys are always like, I don't own a house. I would never pay a mortgage. I don't like to have any equity in a home. That's fine if there's always the next thing for you to do. There isn't always the next, like in this economy, what do you know you could safely go out and do with your money right now to get a good return? That's not possibly going to go down in value. That's what I mean. I don't, that's why I have heavy heavy equity in all of my houses. I think it's safe. I I have cash in the bank. Like I don't, that's why I have my cards. I have cash in cards because I do, even though it's not like this overly aggressive move, I think it's a pretty safe play. This is a real vanilla response, but here. The bottom line is a lot of people are going to be right on both sides of the play. I mean, I mean, Mike, that is a very solid play. But in another another economist could come along and say, no, nah, disagree. I want to be leveraged completely. And you don't know what you're talking about. It, I think the the answer is you got to do what's best in at the end of the day with your mentality. Like, can you handle 
being completely leveraged or do you need money in the bank? Like for me, I need to have access to some cash. Like it's just part of the cheapness of the Gibson gene, I think, but it is something that I, I just feel more comfortable with, but that that's not something that any economist could ever tell, like be counted into their theory. So there you go. Uh, Jason Tennant, you would, uh, I don't know anything about about the manufacturing process. Sorry. Oh, okay. Jason. Yeah. So I think there are like if, if you, I've seen on YouTube, if you go to YouTube and want to see like how cards are made or something like that, I think there are uh, a few videos out there. So Google it as best I can say. Michael Jessen, uh, wh- which would you rather have as a long term hold five to 10 years from today? 2019 MLB Tops Chrome Sapphire Hobby Box or 2021 NFL Prism Hobby Box? I think Prism- sounds like they've got. There are hands on both of those. I think Prism is a great hold. I, I, how does it compare to soccer? I don't have any idea. But I think Prism from 2021 is a good hold. Oh, you're thinking soccer because I told you I had the Sapphire. He said t- 2019 MLB. Oh, I'm sorry. MLB 2019. Oh, so that's like Tatis, Vlad. Uh, is Soto? T- I'm probably wrong about this. Tatis, Vlad. Acuna was. It might be all three of them. Pro- I mean, that's that's a... I like them both. I like the Sapphire because it's a shorter edition print, and I trust the baseball wax market more than the football. I go baseball there. Okay. Uh, Will Winters, if you could rip three products from any sport from any year for your personal enjoyment, what would they be? 2000 Flare Showcase. 1980 Tops. I don't know the other just, one. Just to be clear, you're saying Flare or Fleer? Next question. Hype versus Guys, actual I tried. performance. I tried. What is more important <laughs> in driving sales? In general, it's hype. Just, just sad. Just the way it is. Um, how much, Joseph Michael Harris? How much value do you add on top of a card if you want to trade at a show? Five percent, ten percent. What do people usually do? Just depends on how big. We got to give up extra. I mean, if you're trading down instead, if you're trading instead of buying, I always add a little extra. I did like Jeremy Byers' question. This is the one I'm ending on, so it's a happy note. He okay. asked like top five cards for your PC as a fellow bird collector. Number one to me is actually the autograph rookie, the triple signed autograph rookie, then the regular rookie. There's like a 96 or a 97 finest refractor of that rookie card, a reprint that is absolutely awesome. The immaculate card, which is a vertical, not a horizontal, and it's signed by all three, Dr. J, Magic, and Bird is phenomenal as well. And I think Bird's exquisite patch autos are unbelievable. Of those, I only own the first, I I own the original rookie and the autograph rookie. I would love to find the other three. Uh, by the way, Dan Barukin, uh, Mike is interested in graded SGC tins, not the raw. I love you too. Oh, he had, does he have Marvel cards for me? He said, is Mike interested in raw Marvel or strictly SGC tins? By the way, Ryan Ord, Mike, if you've never been try pizza at Santapio's, Ryan, don't insult me. (laughs) Santapio's, by the way, I think is the best pizza in the city, Ryan. My family would agree with that too. I think it is the best pizza in the city, better than Regina's. Yeah, because people go to Boston for the pizza. All right, let's Yeah, because people come to Hendersonville to see you and your dumb carbon monoxide detectors. Okay, we're done. <laughs> they I, work. I was they doing work. fine until the dog thing. I lost it for a minute, but I found my way back. Very reasonable response. We will be back on Thursday. It'll probably come out a little bit earlier. Next week, I'm on vacation. I'll be out of town, but we will have podcasts both days. Uh, just a little bit earlier again, probably there. So um, other stuff. I, I, I can't really think of anything else coming up right now that needs to be mentioned. If you live somewhere, if you want a card shop somewhere between Nashville and Boston, you might see me. We're hitting a couple shops on the way. So if there's a shop in the middle of the southeast region of the country <laughs> while driving north, I'm coming to you next week. 
pretty pretty specific. So open your doors early for him, folks. There you go. Um, that is Sports Cards Nonsense, brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, powered by Spotify. Thank you for listening. Come back, please. Someone take my dogs. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. This episode is brought to you by Maybelline New York. Get ready to bring the heat with Maybelline's newest lip plumping gloss, Lifter Plump. Fair warning, though, it's hot. Like, literally. It's formulated with chili peppers to bring a heated sensation and an instant plumping effect that lasts. Available in eight sizzling shades like Blush Blaze, Hot Honey, and more. Buy Lifter Plump now on Amazon and use the code 10PLUMP to get 10% off for a limited time. Tap the banner to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client.